What's going on, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy, and I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love, and let's just jump straight into it. Um, well, for me, I'm recording this back-to-back. I actually had another guest on yesterday, but you guys obviously hear this uh, when the Mondays come out, but I'm always excited to um, talk to people, and this is a particular topic that um, I'd almost say is kind of a taboo type topic because it doesn't get spoken about nearly enough. But when I reached out to my Instagram audience and said, is anyone willing to come on and talk about this? Natalie jumped at it and said, I'd love to talk to you about it. And um, I have her here with me today. So Natalie, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I'm really looking forward to this chat. Hi, Adam. Thank you. No, it's a it's a pleasure to be here and um, be able to speak on this topic. I'm sure uh, there's a lot of men and women out there who, um, you know, would like to hear other people's thoughts. Absolutely. And um, I was sharing with you offline um, before we kind of hit record here today that I've had a couple of guys on the show um, in the past and just been talking about other topics, but they were physique competitors and bodybuilders in their past lives. And we didn't really go down that route. And today's topic is around about not only the positives and, you know, you know, um, upsides of, you know, really being disciplined to a, an extreme level than, you know, what most people just looking to get healthy and lose a little bit of weight. I think there's a big difference between, you know, wanting to lose weight and wanting to get absolutely shredded to be on a stage or a photo or um, photo comp or whatever it might be. There's a big, big difference between those two um, things. And I'm really excited to kind of hear, you know, your good experiences with all of that and kind of the years that you were competing and, you know, going through those processes of the ups and downs. Um, But I'm also very interested in, um, again, I want to say this on air. Thank you so much for being open and willing to share that there are some potential and, um, potentially uh, very negative uh, downsides to that world and um, it yeah. doesn't get spoken about and that's why as I said I put it out there and asked if anyone would be willing to and you jumped at it so yeah thank you so much not a problem at all I'm looking forward to it um so kind of I guess just to give us a bit of a background of who you were and you know were you an active person as a kid growing up was it only something that maybe you fell into because of something else that happened in your life and you're like hey I'm going to give this a go like where did it all kind of come from for you Okay, so as a young um, young lass, I was always into sport. I did a little athletics as a child. I always participated at school. Um, we actually moved from Sydney up to Queensland um, when I was just starting high school. Um, and actually in that move, I, I think from the stress of everything, I actually became anorexic. So I took the route of not eating, tracking my calories, exercising like before school, after school. I couldn't go to bed until I'd done a certain amount of push-ups, sit-ups, squats. Um, So that was probably the start of um, me looking into magazines and I'd always pick up the old bodybuilding magazines and and tell myself, yep, that's what I'm going to be like one day and you know, sure as eggs, uh, I didn't get there until I was about 38 years old. So um, ups and downs, I went through through high school, came out of anorexia because I would have to be hospitalised if I didn't sort of get on the straight and narrow. Um, that sort of pulled me out of it. Um, went through the high school years of normality, I believe, drinking, yep. <laughs> having junk food, you know. Um, then I had my, got married, had my two beautiful children. Um, and then I started CrossFit. 
So CrossFit was um, my go-to for that. And we competed um, through the games that are here in, in Australia mm-hmm. um, and actually made it to the Worlds in America for that. Oh, yeah. As a team, yeah. So that was a really high achievement for me because I thought, you know, I've I haven't I haven't done a lot of with athletics and so forth. I didn't go too far, but you know, I thought, yep, this is the go. I'm onto it. Um, and what after, kind of experience? Sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. No, like, what right. kind of experience um, was that? I mean, I have said time and time again um, that I'm going to go and give CrossFit a go, just because I'm not going to say I'm tired and bored of the gym. I, I love the gym. I love training but I just need some sort of other goal in my life. Like when I was younger, it was, I want to get big. I want to look, you know, yeah. buff as any kind of young, young person is. And you want to look, you know, attractive to the opposite sex and kind of whatnot. Absolutely. And that was kind of my goal then. And then as I was getting a bit older, obviously I got married and it wasn't as important as that was. It was just, I want to be strong and I want to be fit and be a good role model for my kids. Yeah. I believe I am, but now I need something else. It's like, what do I need? And I keep looking to CrossFit and I'm like, I reckon that would be one hell of a challenge that I think uh, I would really take too well, but I haven't taken the leap and haven't jumped into it yet. And like to share, share that world for yourself, like obviously you went a long way through it rather than just being a weekend warrior going down and doing a couple of classes a week. How was that experience of going into CrossFit and then working your way up into competing at the Worlds? Yeah, it was fabulous. Like coming from a gym world, it was something different. It was you um you know, you would lift weights, but you'd have running, you'd have cardio. You know, some days were strength, some days were every day is a different day with CrossFit. Um, it's something you can do every day because in a box with a, a great programming, you know, you've your muscles get time to rest. You know, so if you've had a big leg day, you've kind of next day will be sort of an upper body type workout. So um for the fact of having something different every day and for the weekend warrior I loved it and it was probably personally that I'm a very competitive person so that was my own downfall because every day I'd go into the box at CrossFit it was a competition (laughs) I had to be my strongest I had to you know beat my time from last but I believe if I took that mentality out of it and just went to have a great time, socialise, and for a bit of fitness, absolutely perfect. I mean, my weight, <laughs> to comparison to the weights that are lifted now for, uh, it's called RX, which is the the weight that you have to lift if you want to compete, mm-hmm. is way above my league now. I could not, you know, the girls out there are just super strong and, you know, I kind of left CrossFit to pursue the bodybuilding because mm-hmm. ever since I was 13, that was my goal. I am going to be a bodybuilder. I am going to do that. So you can't really do a CrossFit per se as well as bodybuilding because they're two different kind of fitness regimes. Yeah. So where did yeah. where do you think that stem stem from as a 13 year old? Like was there someone in your life or was there something that um, just drew you to what, like, what was it that kind of said, you know, I want to be a bodybuilder from such a young age and something obviously that you've ended up following through with. Yeah, that's right. Look, um, I think, I think the fact of being anorexic and wanting the perfect body and me looking at that and I always, I, I didn't have any family members that were 
super fit or competitive, um, you know, just the normal active. The brothers played football and tennis and, um, yeah, there was nothing that stood out, but I think it was just that that want for perfection. Okay, yeah, interesting. So, <clears throat> yeah, yep. And so you finish up, um, obviously, going to the Worlds, doing uh, CrossFit at that. Was it once you competed there, did you dust yourself and go, I'm done yeah. moving on or like, yeah? Yep, that was um, tick that box. I've done that. Um, what can I do now? And I thought, well, there's no time like the present because I had started working at a gym and I thought, right, let's do it. Let's this, – this year I think it was – I competed in the April and I think I decided to do the competition in the November prior. Okay, yep. The year before, yeah. So wasn't very long prep. Mm-hmm. But um, with my eating regime, I I was um, or doing CrossFit. I did paleo. Mm-hmm. Um, then I moved on to being a pescatarian. So I was there was no chocolate or anything. It was just veggies and fish and all the good stuff. Yep. And so- <laughs> I guess that I mean that transition probably wasn't too big of a transition for you. I mean, I can presume the world of CrossFit when you go into that kind of level is a pretty strict regime of training and eating and recovery and all those. So I guess yeah. jumping into a world of bodybuilding, you're going to maybe have a, a slightly different routine around the the workouts and the exercise you do, but it, it probably wasn't going to be any less strict for you or was it when no. you kind of started pushing into those more extreme low levels of body fat? Oh, not at all. Not at, It wasn't, it felt just like an everyday thing to me. Um, there was no towards the end getting the whole, oh, I'm so restricted, I just want to binge. There was none of that. So I was really lucky in that sense Mm -hmm. that I was quite used to eating in in a certain way that I didn't have to restrict. And I guess then, I mean, again, tell me if I'm I'm wrong in uh, presuming this, but I guess in the world of when you're training for something like CrossFit to then transitioning into really being dialed in with your calories to lower body fat? Because I presume you weren't aiming to lose body fat when you're a, a CrossFitter. You're trying to, oh, no. I want to get strong. I need to you know, really fuel myself up. So when you make that switch and you go, okay, I'm now going to switch my mindset. It's get lean, get shredded. Now it's physique com- um, competition type style. Did that bring up anything from your anorexia as a, as a child in the early days or was it something that, you know, started to you know, breed into your mind later down the line? Did anything kind of come up? Not not a whole lot. When I was shredding for the competition, um, you know, you do your weekly weigh-ins and I don't think it kind of hits you until towards the end of your process where you have to, you know, be a certain leanness to get on stage and that's when you start to worry and you go am I lean enough have I done enough so the whole um thought of you know the cutting that's where it's kind of resonated with me again with the anorexia because I had to you know be on point with calories and macronutrients and how much physical like you can't you can't go out and go for a hard run. It has to be a walk because you don't want to burn your muscle. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to continue that and you think, well, have I done enough steps? You know, have I done enough? And there's a, a thing prior to competing, which is peak week. This is what it's called. And um, you actually 
one that that's the week I think was the most stressful because you have to trust your coach if you've got one as to how this is supposed to go. So if they say to you two nights before you've got to eat four tablespoons of peanut butter, that's what you do. And, you know, in a mind full of I've got to get on stage in a bikini, I do not want any extra flab (laughs) on this bottom. Um, It makes it really hard to follow that process, yeah. And speaking to that, did you have a coach then? Like was that always your intention when you went into it? Like I need to find someone to help me do this or did you figure, yeah, I I reckon I can do I have enough knowledge around fitness and nutrition that I can kind of go about this myself. Where were you on that, I guess, that first competition? Yeah, look, I, um, I actually got a coach. Um, he was only very new. He didn't, he hadn't really coached anybody prior, um, in a competition. So we were kind of running a bit blind, um, on how to do it and what to do and how much we did have another senior coach that was kind of coaching him on how to do it. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, he was a little bit unstable, that coach. So it was quite a hard process in the last week to go through because I had no idea like I'd read up on what people do you know do you take diuretics do you water load do you just cut whatever out do you stop eating you know and it was such a confusing time but um I sort of just trusted the process and yeah and went with that and lucky enough for me it worked and before I ask the first question that I'll ask how many um competitions did you end up doing over the year like yep I did one well I did two competitions mm-hmm. and one was on the Saturday one was on the Sunday I should say um over your entire lifespan though how many have you like have you been to done many no no just the just, one was it just the one I yeah right yeah, okay yeah yeah I uh, there was a um one on a Saturday which made it easier for the Sunday because a lot of times and I don't know why well I do because it's you know, the more sugar you have in you when you're dehydrated, the more pump you have. So they have a, a room at most bodybuilding comps that is called the sugar room. And <laughs> you, you go in there and you can scoff until your heart's content on sugary food and then go and get the pump on. Um, look, I didn't even find that room. I didn't even know we had that room there because I knew I'd had a competition the next day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was just people go out and eat chips and and all their sugary donuts and whatever i went out and had a salad um that (laughs) night because i knew i had to compete the next day yeah so once that had finished um yeah that was game over for me i decided there was no way i was doing another one (laughs) interesting interesting and i guess how were you on i guess competition day because it's always been that um weird thing that i've always thought about that most sports you train to be at your peak physical fitness and highest level of achievement on race day, whatever that might be. If you're a a hundred meter track runner, if you're a golf player, a swimmer, whatever it might be, when you've got those big tournaments, those big um, Olympics or whatever it might be, you're at your peak. Whereas the bodybuilding world, it's the reverse. Like on, on Mm. you may be at your absolute leanest and shreddest, but you're actually like, they're almost walking zombies coming on. So like you, you can't think straight. You're as weak mm. as you'll ever you'll ever be in that that journey. And it's just like I need to hang on and survive, and then I can eat again and kind of you know get back in. Like, how was that kind of peak week, peak day moment for you? 
I think um, adrenaline took over. Yep. So on the day I woke up, you know, feeling good, had my breakfast, what I could eat. Um, then the nerves kicked in and I sort of went to the, the stadium where it was and and then I saw everyone and that's when the doubts hit because you, you look at everyone and you think, oh, I haven't done enough. Mm. This is it, you know, and you, you're just comparing, comparing, comparing. Um, so I wasn't fatigued and I think it was just the fact that I was so excited and nervous and, you know, just wanted to get out there. Um, and being the first time, I didn't know what to expect. So I kind of took it in my stream to just go with the flow. You know, there's nothing you can do now. It's the day. If you've done enough, you've done enough. If you haven't, you haven't. So I am probably one of the very lucky people that not much was changed for me. And I kind of took it in my stride and, and didn't get nervous. Not sorry. I, I was nervous, but didn't let it affect me in the way that I'm just dead tired. I want to, you know, have a big feed. I was more pumped and excited to get on stage. And was there a bit of an adrenaline, adrenaline <laughs> dump after it all though? Like once you oh. got off stage, it was like, and kind of crash after that or like (laughs) absolutely well I was on a high an absolute high because um lucky for me I had done enough so by the end of it I had actually won the overall amazing congratulations yeah thank you it was to me that was another okay that's a tick that's the bucket list ticked um but yeah it did it went on for a little bit after that I have to say because the next day, uh, I thought, oh, here we go again. I've got to reapply the tan and get the makeup and the hair done and get back into these bikinis. And I thought, well, you know, let's just smash this day out and then it's all over. So the next day was pretty much the same. I was a little more fatigued um, because as I'm not easy, but I suppose if you, with your poses, when you get on stage, they are quite hard to hold for the amount of time that the judges may need you to hold them for. So you've really got to be on your ball game to kind of keep those poses and actually have that muscle visible Mm. when you're up there. So, yeah, a little bit more fatigued the next day, but it was, yeah, just as adrenaline rushed as I was the first day. I guess to give people a bit more of an idea of the process kind of leading into it and then what's involved on, you know, your actual event day, just to kind of give a sense of just how strict you were and how, you know, how really, I mean, pedantic's not the word I want to um, use, but like really precise is the word I want to use. Precise in every measurement that you probably used on the amount of salt you're having, fluid you're having, carbs, fats, proteins, all those kind of things. What, let's say the kind of, 15 like how how long was your prep sorry I should ask first um so I started prepping the November prior Mm -hmm. um to the April that I competed I competed in the April so November December January five Five months yeah yeah yeah, yep yep Um, so for four months of that time then mm -hmm. what does a standard day and week kind of look like then for you yeah right well see I don't eat rice um or pasta so a lot of the times I would have sweet potato. Um, so breakfast would generally be um, I eat the um, rice cakes mm-hmm. with um, scrambled eggs, 
probably one egg with egg whites. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have some vegetables. Um, then I'd have a tin of tuna mid-morning. Uh, lunch was a huge salad with um, chicken because I was, oh, no, it would have been tuna again because that was, yeah, CrossFit. But bodybuilding, I was tuna or mm-hmm. salmon. Then afternoon tea would probably be a protein shake. And then dinner would be vegetables with either a piece of fish or something lean or some prawns. And was that pretty standard day after yeah. day after day? It would, you know, pretty much just hit repeat and just uh, not have to think <laughs> yeah. about food. It's just like, this is yep. what it is. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, snacks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the most exciting part of your week was if your trainer changed your program up and yeah. you'd be like, hallelujah, I get to do something different. It's, it's always interesting. Cause I've, I remember hearing a podcast um, a few years ago now, and this person was speaking on how freeing being super strict can be for some people. It's not always for everyone, but some people actually really thrive on having zero decisions to make in that here it is breakfast, here it is snack, here it is lunch, whatever that kind of may be, and hit repeat on it seven days a week, 30 days a month, 365 days a year. It's just, dang, I don't have to think about it. You can think, use that energy for other things in life. Whereas other people go, no, please, I need some sort of you know variety. Are you someone still that, you know, I know what I have on Monday, I know what I have on Tuesday, or have you brought some sort of variety back into your life? No, I am definitely, if I know what I'm eating for breakfast, that's what I'm eating for breakfast. Yep. And I think I competed in 2016. And uh, apart from a handful of times, I've mixed it up, but I have the same breakfast, I have the same lunch, and I'm usually having the same dinner. I might mix up veggies or protein sauce, mm-hmm. but yeah, everything's, but for me that works because as you say, it does, it takes the decision out of one thing. Um, you know, if I know what I'm eating, that's what I go to, boom, that's done and I can move on. Mm. And I mean, if you're, you're happy to kind of share um, your height, your weight, what kind of calories were you on in that kind of cutting phase, getting prepped for that show? So, um, Currently, um, well, so to put it in perspective, during my CrossFit days, I was sitting around 54 kilos. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, one and a half, 1.55 meters tall, uh, mm-hmm. centimeters tall. Um, so not a very tall person. Um, and then I can honestly say I was not calorie counting during the phase. I just ate what the trainer told me to eat. Okay. So yep. yeah, he, he calculated, but to be honest, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but now after the bodybuilding competition, um, and that's where I'd say a lot of my anorexic tendencies have come back. I'm now sitting at 44 kilos. All right. Okay. Yeah. And what, <laughs> so, what were you wear then on, um, like competition on, day? Like when you actually got to that comp? Yeah, I was 47. Okay. Yep. yep. And yep. body percent fat and things like that. And the reason I want to ask that is then the follow-up question I'll have, but if I can ask that question first, what did you kind of get to on comp day yeah, sure. again? Yeah. I think I was down to around 8%. Yep. Yep. So um, super low for females. Super low. And just to give you an idea, before I got on stage, my menstrual cycle had stopped. Mm-hmm. So I... Um, obviously was so depleted that there was no hormonal function there 
for me to have a regular period. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason I wanted to ask that question is because you highlighted it um, earlier when you said you, you came into that comp and you, know, you see other people, then you start making those comparisons. Like, have I done enough? That that girl there, she looks like she's so much more muscular, so much more defined. Look at the striations on it. Like, you, mm. know, you probably start picking those apart. And yet here you are at a level of, in quote, fitness and level of leanness that point. 1% of the population are ever going to achieve. And yet there's still that comparison going on. And that's what I wanted to lead into, obviously, some of the more negative sides to this world in that, you know, no one on the outside looking in would ever see someone in that comp, any of you and go, well, she's looking a bit flabby and a bit bad. She's not, yeah. she hasn't prepped enough. Everyone looks extremely lean, extremely fit and, you know, at their absolute peak. And yet every single one of those individuals is probably sitting there going, I haven't done enough. I'm not lean enough. Like, is that kind of, was that the voice that was going through the head for a lot of that? Or did you have some positive thoughts on comp day that was going through? Oh, absolutely. I I think, I think through the whole day you are, well, I was personally um, second guessing myself. Have I done that, that one percenter that I needed to do? Um, I knew my body uh, percentage was extremely low. I, you know, I had striation everywhere. It was, it was crazy. And, you know, when you put that tan on and you just, they just pop. I don't know why I was, because as you say, you get to later down the line and you look back and you go, wow, I looked amazing. Why was I even thinking that I didn't? Mm. Um, But you do. uh, And I don't know from other people's point of view, but Definitely from mine, having anorexia, I probably hadn't done enough on the day. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, it was a huge negative. And I think that was probably one of the downers for the day that I had to second guess, you know, who cares what, what I look like? I'd done an amazing job to even get to where I wanted to be and get on stage. Um, you know, I wouldn't even get my own swimming pool in a bikini, let alone getting on stage, you know, (laughs) with not much covered. So, you know, that was, that was a huge achievement in itself. And I should have really just been very proud of myself for that. But Mm. yeah, there was that doubt. And you alluded to the fact that, you know, you'd lost your menstrual cycle at that point. Was that weeks leading into it or was it only on that peak week? Like when did that, when did issues start arising with regards to your cycle? Yeah, no, it was, Oh, about three months prior and I thought oh yep. okay that's okay you know I know I'm I'm leaning I'm slowly leaning out you know after this comp it'll be fine it'll all come back um needless to say that all these years on I still have no menstrual cycle did it does it ever come back or is it not come back at all it's never come back I've actually um had to go and see endocrinologists and, you know, hormone therapists and doctors and so many specialists with regards because essentially I was 38 and went through menopause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which led to a whole new other set of problems. So, And this, yeah. I mean, again, I, I really thank you for kind of sharing that openly. Oh, you're and, welcome. Um, obviously, you said you started this journey after kids. And yet, yes. you know, you see so many 
young um, women going through and you know comparing themselves to social and we can we can sit there and say how dark and dirty social media can be there's a lot of positives to it but you know so many young women um, out there you know comparing themselves and men do it as well but obviously we're talking about the the, the female side of it all at the moment and yeah. you know it just it pains me to think that you know some of these many of these um, females could potentially lose their their cycle at a young age having never had the opportunity to have kids and then potentially go back and do this. And then it puts them at jeopardy of ever becoming a mother, if that's something that they want to do um, down the line. And so, um, you know, I, I really, as I said, commend you for um, opening up and saying that, that this has happened and it can be, and it's, it's quite a lot more common than I think a lot of people um, are led to believe, because again, most people don't talk about it. Yeah, that's right. And um, you hit the money on that on the head there because um, a lot of the times a coach will get you to the point of competition and then once it's done, they say, oh, thanks, see you later. Mm. And there's no guiding back out. So, you know, there's, there's usually two types of people. One will go and just, and I think that's where the regimented eating comes in, which is handy when you don't have to think about it and someone tells you what to eat, that's what you eat. But when you give them free range and you haven't eaten you know, all the good stuff, you know, in inverted commas, good stuff for so long, you cannot stop yourself from eating that. You sometimes that's, you know, and that's another problem. You just binge eat and then you feel sick and then you feel guilty and it's just a massive cycle of, but that tasted so good. I want to eat it again. And then, you know, going maybe down the throwing up route, and then it's just such a nasty cycle. And I mean, there are some fantastic coaches out there that will lead you back out and reverse diet and, and give you that support. But there are a lot of coaches out there that will just go, yep, I coached her, you know, and she came first. Thank you. See ya. And leave you to your own devices. And I think that's where it can get really dangerous because, because I am very stubborn. I made sure that I didn't touch or you know, gorge on, on food that my body, you know, obviously wanted, but <laughs> I controlled myself. Um, but I've seen so many people that just balloon the other way and everyone says, oh, you know, then you do walk down the street and they're all like, oh, gosh, look at her. She just competed. But, oh, my goodness, what has she done? Mm. You know, and then you get that whole thought, oh, is people looking at me because I've put on five kilos from when I competed, which is oh, you can't live your life at that leanness, you know, but in a perfect world, that's how you want to stay looking because, you know, it's so spectacular that mm. for everyday human, that's not possible. And again, I mean, that disordered view that, you know, you can get on yourself and I'll put my hand up and say, I'm guilty of it myself. And I never got down to, you know, what men will compete usually at, you know, three and 4%. Um but I think I've I think I've got myself into single digits before. I think that my absolute leanness, I think I may have been nine or ten percent um, from there. And I still compare myself to that. And yet I was a 27-year-old single male, no kids. Yeah. I had no responsibilities in life. <laughs> and so I could train two hours a Whenever. day. I could eat whatever I wanted of a nighttime. I didn't have to worry about what am I feeding the, the kids tonight and mm. oh, their, their little peanut butter sandwich looks a bit nice and like yes. nibbling at and all those kind of things. And yet here I am now probably 10 or 12 kilos heavier than that person was back there. And I'm by no means out of shape, but I'm certainly not no. at the, the best shape I've ever been. But 
I continue to compare myself back to that moment where, oh, look at that 27 year old version of me. Like, do you find yourself still, you know, bringing out those old photos from comp day and like, Oh, uh, there's that version of me. And like, where am I in now? And, you know, thinking those thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I, and, and the great thing about Facebook is it brings up memories. Yeah. <laughs> so every year I go, Oh, that was fantastic. But I do. And I'm in the same boat as you. I've I've had a lot of um, a lot of time to think and reflect. Um, And just now, am I starting to feel just as you say, I've got, you know, two children, you know, I work and you've got to be kind to your body. You know, it's the only house you've got. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I started listening to um, podcasts such as yourself because I find it inspiring that it is okay it's it's okay to put on some weight and still feel healthy and happy you don't have to be eight percent body fat to be happy yep the the number on the scale is not worth your happiness so I think you can miss out on so much in life um, just worrying about weight and and stuff like that and the way you look where you've got so so many other positive aspects of yourself to give you know so it's really helped me get through this journey um to be listening to other people that have positive um self-image and it's okay and and you did say at the end of um that competition that you know some some thoughts of your um previous life you know being anorexic and disordered eating and things like that some of those thoughts started to creep in from there again like how how did that play out kind of months uh, weeks yeah. months years after um the comp yeah. where, where did that kind of mindset go for you um following 2016 you said yeah great question um so uh, straight after i was on a high um and i thought well i've got to try and keep this up so the next day boom i hit the gym again and um you know everyone's saying no take a rest you deserve it no way i'm i've got the, it took me this long to get this physique I'm going to keep this physique. So this is where my downward spiral started. Um, I thought, okay, well, what is a good way to minimize my eating? So I actually did 16-8 intermittent fasting and was very strict on that. And I was like 15 hours and 59 minutes I still couldn't eat. Mm -hmm. You know, it ticked over the 16 and then I'd eat. So because I had restricted myself so much and my body was screaming for food, I would then binge eat. Then I would go, I've eaten too much. So then I would purge. That, yeah, that went on for a, a little while, probably about six months. Um, and that's kind of where I started losing weight. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is actually working. So my mind went into the anorexia mentality and I thought, oh, the number on the scale is important. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention how much muscle mass I, I had lost. You know, I, I wasn't thinking about that at the time. Um, and then I thought, well, no, I can't keep doing this because the effects of, um, you know, I was dizzy and really felt sick in the belly because I wasn't eating for that 16 hours, which my body was screaming. You know, I wasn't sleeping because I was hungry. Um, so that's when I thought, okay, this, you know, I've got to take another plan, another, another way around it. So I kind of did a 12, 12, Mm -hmm. I'd eat, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then try and have a 12 hour break, which seemed to work better. But then 
I did go to the doctors um, because of my health and I unfortunately had <clears throat> the start of osteoporosis um, and, you know, I was very low in vitamin D and all my um, vitals were very low, so my blood pressure, my heart rate. So, yeah, I had to really re rethink then. So that's when I sort of started getting a little bit of help again and focusing on what's good for me and my body, not what's good for a photo. And, I mean, if you don't mind sharing, what what did what was that for you? So if someone is potentially sitting there now, I guess on both ends of the spectrum, they might be someone who is very overweight and has uh, – issues with binge eating that sends them that direction. There might be someone else listening that has sent you the other way where they've lost a lot of weight because of their um, eating habits. What was the thing that I guess helped you break that cycle or start, I guess, redirecting your energy and your, I guess, your thoughts to something that wasn't always around the scale and the weight and what you were eating and things like that? Yeah. Um, I had a lot of backlash actually. It was funny um, I supposedly looked fantastic when I was competing and then being on the 16-8 lost more weight. Um, I had a lot of friends and family tell me how gaunt I was looking and, you know, that wasn't very appealing, you know, and they were getting worried. Um, then I sort of sat down and and, and reevaluated and thought, am I really going to do this for the rest of my life? Um, so I did go and, and get some help. Um, a lot of time, I think just connecting with yourself. I started meditating, um, and I started doing things that were positive for myself. So, um, being an under eater, I would sort of maybe snack more because I didn't want full meals that would make me feel heavy. I tended to snack a bit more. So I'd go, okay, well, today I'm going to have this, 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 and this. And then if I do feel a little bit hungry, I might have another piece of fruit, you know, just that, to, just to allow myself to eat normally in inverted commas, mm -hmm. um, you know, and not put a restriction and just get used to that feeling of loving the skin you're in. So I think... For people on the other end of the spectrum, maybe trying to lose some weight and, and eating more, um, I think maybe, and that's probably said a lot, but mindful eating. Are you full? Are you really hungry? And, and what worked for me is I take a morning and an afternoon walk with my dogs and I find that just getting your neat in is more enjoyable than going, I've actually got to crush this hour work out and I'm really, really tired and I don't really want to do it, but I've got to. And I think to myself, well, if I just get out with the dogs and go for a walk and get 10,000 steps in, I feel great. And then there's no aches on my joints, you know, and I find that better now um, than actually, don't get me wrong, I still love to do a, a, a nice hard workout occasionally, but, you know, it was seven days a week that I was doing those and, it's lovely just to get out in the sunshine and go for a little bit of a walk. So, you know, if it's one thing I can say to them to either trying to, you know, gain a bit or lose a bit is just get out with your family and just enjoy the outdoors. Or if you can't get out, just move, stand up, walk around the house. If you're talking on the phone, just move your body. Mm. 
And and where do you find yourself today? Like what's what's life look like on a daily basis for you now? I mean, obviously you said, you know, you love your walks and getting out. Are you still training? Do you still, um, you know, with regards to your food, do you, you focus on certain aspects of it at all? Or like, has it completely changed and done a, a 180? Where, where, are you at? where are you these days? Um, well, I actually gave up the gym because it was giving me anxiety going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a, a gym at home in my garage where I can kind of go out and do something if I want to. Um, but look, I'm two or three gym sessions a week. I'm getting in um, and if I'm, if I'm not getting that, then I don't beat myself up. I go, well, that's okay because the gym's not going anywhere and how about you just go for an extra walk or, you know, um, we've got a few hills around us. So, you know, instead of just doing a flat walk, I might do a hill walk and just getting in the fresh air, it's just perfect. So I think that whole pressure of me expecting myself to go to gym and having to smash myself every time has led to that anxiety. So it's kind of done a a 360 that way because Mm -hmm. I don't, if I don't want to train one day, I don't, you know, I just go, well, that's okay. Have a rest day and go for a walk, you know, do your walks, but you don't have to train and go a bit gentler on myself. Um, In relation to eating, I, I still do eat clean um you know so no chocolate but I have allowed myself you know before I would be I am so hungry okay well you can have some no calorie jelly you know now I'd be like oh no I might just have an extra you know serving of dinner or an extra bit of lunch you know and just listening to my body and allowing me to do what I want and what I feels right for myself you go and I guess knowing everything now, if I gave you a time machine and you you had that 13-year-old version of you that looked at that first fitness magazine as like, one day I'm going to do, I'm going to become a bodybuilder. Would you tell that 13-year-old don't do it? Or would you still want that that version of you to still go through everything you have and be who you are today? Would you change that journey at all? Oh, that is a tough one. <laughs> um, very tough. Um uh, personally, I'd tell my 13-year-old self not to do it. Okay, um, yeah. Look, when I had won the competitions, I came away telling myself I only won those competitions because those four judges down there, um, it was only through their eyes that I'd won. Had we had another four uh, judges, I might not have won that day. So, And coming from CrossFit, you have to be the fastest or the strongest to win. There's no, you know, it's black or white. There's no gray area. Mm -hmm. But with bodybuilding, I feel like there's a massive gray area. And it just depends on the day, the judges and what they're seeing as to who comes out on top. So for me at 13, I would say don't even worry about doing one because you're, you're not competing. You're competing against yourself. Usually you're wanting to you know, move, progress and get pro card or whatever. But I believe that you're not really competing. You're kind of just a thought of what the judges think. That's so, an interesting point of view. Yeah, yeah be, be gentle on yourself. Why put yourself in that position when, you know, you're kind of wasted? I, I don't say that negatively wasted, but a lot of years there for me 
um, all I could think about was how many calories am I eating and what is my body looking like, you know? There's so much more to life than mm. that. And and what about your kids now? If one of them would say, hey, mum, you know, I saw, you know, you're, you're so fit and I saw your photo, like, I'd love to try that one day. Again, would you give them the same advice and say, nah, don't do it, it's not worth it, or encourage them and just say, hey, if it's something you want to do, yeah, let's do this together. Let's do it safely. And, you know, obviously from what you've learned, you can maybe direct them in a, in a, in a better way than maybe you were at that time. What, what would be the decision for the kids? Oh, look, I would let them do what they want to do. It's, um, you know, it's their life at the end of the day. If they would like to compete, I'm not one to stop them from competing. And they saw me go through, you know, every day of competing. Um, and I would encourage them. Um, but I would certainly make sure that they go into the competition with all the information and come out with all the guidance that I could give them because, you know, I would never wish anything, you know, like I've gone through on anybody. And, you know, for all the girls and the males out there that are struggling, um, definitely go and go and see a professional and just get some advice because, you know, you're perfect at any weight, size, you know, anything, you, you are unique. So I believe a number on the scale and a picture doesn't determine what you're like. Beautifully said. Yeah. And yeah. one last thing that comes to mind is you mentioned before that people started making comments when you were losing weight and I've always been of the um, opinion and I've always shared it. And I'd love to just hear it from someone who's getting that advice. People ask me, Hey, my sister, my brother, my uncle, whatever it might be, they're chronically overweight or I rarely hear they're chronically underweight because most people come to me for advice about weight loss, but either or I I'm, I'm trying to tell them they need to lose weight. I'm trying to tell them that they, they need to be healthier. They need to do this. They need to do this. And I can't get them to listen to me. Like what's your advice, Adam? What should I do? And my advice usually always is you're never going to tell someone what to do. No. Most people are never going to change their mind just because you've said you should lose weight or you should do this. You, do, you change people's behaviours through inspiring them through the actions that you do. And so if you're living Absolutely. a happy and healthy life and they see how happy you are and how, hey, that, that looks better than currently what I'm doing. My, my question after saying all that is that obviously you were being told you're looking so gaunt, you're losing weight. Was that a negative thing for you to hear all of the time from those people or was it an inspiring thing? It's like, you know what I am, I have to change this. Like where did it sit for you when you were hearing those things? Uh, funny, back when I was 13, I would have loved it. It would have been music to my ears. Um, however, at my age now, I, I did. I looked in the mirror and I went, oh, you look, you look sick. I was, I was pretty skeletal and that was not the look I was ever after. Um, and that was probably the sign to let me know that what I was doing wasn't right for me. Um, so yeah, when you're looking in the mirror saying you look terrible, that's a sure thing to, um, go and get some help and, and now feeling so much better, um, to be able to flick that switch and turn it around and yeah, get help and get better. That's great. Well, I, sorry, sorry, Adam, you're right. And I don't know if it's on one of your podcasts, but for people who are overweight, wanting to lose weight. I believe you're 100% right. You know, you're not going to go out to lunch with someone and tell them what they can and can't eat. But nine times out of 10, if you're ordering the beautiful salad with a bit of grilled chicken on the side or fish, 
nine times out of 10, they're going to go, oh, yeah, that does sound pretty good. And they'll order that too. Yep. So, and, you know, just just be there for them. Knock on the door. Say, hey, you want to come for a walk down to the corner and, you know, and sort of maybe do that as a goal. We'll get to the corner and then a little bit further. And, you know, just having that support around them like that, I think that's that's better Um wise more wisely used information than trying to preach to them how they should be living and what they should be eating so yeah yeah. very well said yeah and Mm. i mean i can i can safely say from my point that you're looking happy you're looking healthy and you're looking well and so um again i i can't thank you enough for you know sharing you know the dark times but the happy times that you've been through and um yeah i really hope that um people listening in on this have um you know found some value i'm sure they have but have found some value from our conversation and um you know for anyone maybe the younger years who are potentially thinking of going down this route that i don't want it to persuade them away from it that you know there are definitely some benefits of the the discipline you can get from it and you know the hard work and the achievement from it um but just to understand there's some um, potentially negative sides to it and make sure that you surround yourself with people that are you know helping you through those processes and not just as you said the coach says i got you to number one now off you go you can live your life however you want from that's right yeah and and you, you said it perfectly there as long as you've got lots of support and a coach that has a lot of knowledge um you know nine times out of ten you'll have a great experience and you know who knows but I just believe that, yeah, if you're, if you're believing that you can get down to um, what the ladies are on stage and stay there, um, you, you can't. So you need to be healthy for you, your family and your future family. Mm. Um, and, you know, <laughs> nine times out of ten as well, the people that you're looking on Instagram or in magazines um, <clears throat> don't necessarily train cleanly. So you might not be looking and comparing yourself, you know, you might be comparing apples to oranges, not oranges <laughs> to oranges. So, I, I mean, just to kind of touch on that, um, I presume, were you in a natural? Um, like Definitely. Te- were, were you tested as well on that? Um, no, I wasn't, but there was testing. And mm-hmm. um, I believe I was tested in CrossFit. We got tested. Mm-hmm. But coming from probably that background, um, if you're taking supplements, you know, to go in a competition, me personally, I just think you're cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe what's the use of going to compete when you know you've taken substances that's going to enhance. So being an athlete, I'm very much, a, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it naturally and I'm going to see how far I can get naturally. So yeah, hey. definitely. It's a good point you brought up because, I mean, there's a lot of people who act natural and yet it's a vast majority of them are very much not. And yet, as I said, they portray that picture and then at the end of the day, they're like, buy my product or buy my program because I used it to make me look like me and you, if you did it, you, it's like, and then you're going to the toilet once, once a week and injecting (laughs) some oil into your butt kind of thing. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I actually on the flip to that, I've got no problems with people doing it. If you're open and honest and you talk about it and it's like, I'm competing in a comp that is well-known, we all take drugs and that's fine. Yep. Cool. But if you're lying about it, that's where I have the issue um, from it. So, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. But I think, yeah, as I was saying, if if you want to win a comp, I want to win a comp because that was my ability. So, but yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. You're right. 
And I guess just finally, what's what's the goal? Then I mean, you're obviously a goal driven person. It's like I'm going to compete. I went to the worlds. So I'm going to do bikini company. I want like is there a <laughs> is there something? Is it to climb Mount Kilimanjaro? Like, what's the kind of goal now uh, for you in life that kind of gets you excited to wake up each day? Oh goodness, it's going to sound so boring because my husband asks me all the time, but I don't have a goal at the moment. Okay, um, yep. Yeah, look, I've um, I've I'm still, as I said, still training, but I think I'm just enjoying doing what I want to do and not having that regiment got to train, you know, and just being able to wake up in the morning and enjoy the day, you know. So I think that's why I enjoy listening to your podcast because the adventures you and your girls go on to get donuts <laughs> is just amazing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I love it. And, and I'm sure there will be another goal somewhere down the line, but not just at the moment. No, so, I, I think that's a great answer. I, mean, I, I think that's a, a really good way to kind of end it in that you don't always have to have a goal. Like there doesn't have to be, you know, a, a shining light, a northern star that you're, you're heading towards. I think it's important in parts of your life. Like I don't think you should have a life that has zero goals ever. But no, that's right. you can certainly go through um, ibs and flows of I'm going hard now because I've got this goal and I'm taking my foot off the pedal and I'm just going to relax for a little while. I think I think that's a really good point to make. Yeah, no, it is. It's working for me now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's great. Well, um, again, thank you so much. And um, as I always do, and I'm sure you've heard it, but oh, obviously I at have. least, um, <gasps> I want to ask you my quick fire five. So if you don't mind indulging me on my uh, quick fire five to finish this up no today. No problems. I forgot about this. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, I should go. hopefully, yeah, get some good uh, responses. So um, beach or snow? Definitely beach. Uh, is there a particular beach in the world that you've been to that you, um, you really love that has fond memories? Look, I was born in Manly, so I'm going to go Manly. Beautiful. Um, future or past? Future. Uh, one food for the rest of your life. You do not have to worry about nutritional Ooh. value or calories. It gives you everything you need. What, what do you pick? Oh, there's a few. But one, I'm going to go shower me in peanut butter. Yeah? It's crunchy oh. or smooth? Definitely a crunchy girl. Oh, fantastic. You're a, yeah, definitely of my heart. That's good. <laughs> um, family, friend, famous, dead or alive, who would you have for dinner tonight? Oh, I would probably have, I'm going to go with my grandmother because we were very, very close. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see her prior to her passing. So one last supper would be lovely. Beautiful response. Um, I want you to get super uh Super selfish on this. You've said goodbye to the family. There's 24 hours left for you to live that life, uh, that last day. What do you do on that 24 hours? Um, I am going to go to a day spa. <laughs> I'm going to get probably a four-hour package <laughs> just for me to lay, relax, and then I'm going to go out for a beautiful lunch um, and just enjoy the rest of the day. Fantastic. I don't think well, there's anything better. Sounds great. Well, um, and that, Natalie, again, thank you so much for uh, your time today and sharing uh, your story with us. Um, I've certainly enjoyed the chat and I'm sure everyone else will. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much. No, thank you, Adam. I've really enjoyed it and, um, and I hope others get a lot out of it as well. Fantastic. I'm sure they will. But, uh, guys, that's been another episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. Do your thing. Like, subscribe, comment. It would be uh, the mean the world to me. But uh, I'll see you next week. Talk to you again. Bye.